Hello and good evening, everyone. This is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton. I'm here tonight with my good friend, Mr. K-Dub. Before we get to him, we got to say what's up to the Pastime Marketplace. Go check them out at PastimeMarketplace.com. Use code BECKETT10. You will get yourself 10% off uh, your first order there. Make sure you let them know that we sent you over there and get some love. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I We were just talking, uh, coming, coming on air, we were talking about... Uh, where you live at in central Washington area. And uh, one of my biggest fears is not getting back to Lake Chelan, which uh, I love the Lake Chelan area. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit envious that you're right there by it. That, I got to tell you that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a stone's throw from me, man. I could go cannonball in there in 15 minutes. So uh, I don't know that I want to right now, but uh, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful place to go in the summertime for sure. It, it, it's probably pretty cold right now, huh? <laughs> well, it's cooling off. I mean, we definitely get a little bit longer fall just because it is, uh, orchards here so the, they're still picking apples up here but uh yeah it's definitely cooling off a lot quicker than we'd like it to it's uh it's so for the for those of you not familiar with the, the central washington area lake chelan is a uh, it's almost a resort town i think it's yep. i think it's fair to call it a resort town and it is a, a beautiful place to be if you could ever get there uh glacier flip glacier fed lake but you can see to the bottom of it, which is kind of creepy at times, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. So, hey, let, we, we brought you on tonight to talk about the hobby. I want to talk about uh, K-Dev's high five as well. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm going to start where I always start with my guest is, how did you get started in the hobby? What, what? Tell me your hobby origins. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I think like most of us, uh, I'm a 90s kid. So it started in local card shops in the mm. early 90s. And when I was a kid, my parents actually separated and I would go with my dad on Saturdays and on Saturday mornings, we would go to the card shop. And so that was kind of our thing. Um, and I just kind of continued on through middle school. Um, and in middle school, I had a little group of guys that we'd catch the bus after school one day a week and head down to the card shop. And, uh, you know, like most 90s kids, I got a lot of 90s wax, a lot of 96, 97 basketball stuff, but no Kobe's, uh, but a lot of those uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stefan Marbury's, those are my guys. Uh, and then as I got into high school, um, sports became really the focus of my life and cards really kind of just went by the wayside. I still was interested in them, but uh, I wasn't collecting them nearly as much. And then as I kind of moved into my early 30s, um, I kind of rediscovered this community on Twitter Mm -hmm. um, I found out that card shops were actually still a thing and uh, started checking out a few in my community. And then, uh, man, I got on Twitter and it was like I was hooked. It was just like I was back in middle school again, going to the card shop uh, every day on Twitter with my buddies. So Twitter yeah. will pull you in, man. Twitter will pull you in and it'll keep you there. Absolutely. It's, it, but it's a good place. It's a bad place. We'll talk about that later. Absolutely. But uh, I want to ask you, though, you, you mentioned uh, we talked before we got into the hobby here about you being from uh, living in central Washington. Are these card shops that you're going to in Central Washington, or did you grow up somewhere else? No, well, I grew up in uh, South uh, Eastern Washington, okay. uh, and so that which back in when I was in middle school, there was probably five or six card shops, in, you know, within a couple miles. But uh, like most card shops, a lot of them aren't there mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and so where I live, uh, the closest card shop that I know of is probably about two hours, two and a half hours away. So there's oh, wow. in, in North Central Washington, there's really no local card shops. So for me, uh, Twitter is kind of my card shop, if you will. Um, that's my card community because in this area, there's just not a lot of that, not a lot of you know card collectors, card shops. Um, the retail shelves are still empty, but I guess that's everywhere. So, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, that was my next question is like, you know, 
I how how did that hit retail up there? Did Walmart, Target in that area carry retail product, or it, it, did you? If so, did you face the same problem everybody else had, or did they just not carry it? Uh, I would say it came later. So a lot of the stuff that people were seeing in the retail, you know, shelves getting cleared, I didn't start seeing until like the fall of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, in the summer, I was still seeing you know 2018 product. Uh, 2019 product just sitting on the shelves, uh, which looking back, I'm like, dang, I should have hit those clearance boxes a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, but even when like Mahomes took off, like, I mean, the clearance boxes had 27 Don Russ in it every time that I would go to a Walmart. Um, wow. But then, you know, nature of the beast, I think people started figuring out that they could make money off this. And even I, I got a couple students, I'm a teacher that work at the local Walmart. And so I talked to a couple of them and just said, Hey, what's, what's the card, the sports cards like? And they're like, man, the same five guys come in every week. They clear the shelves and then they leave. So they didn't have like the limits put on till way after everybody else was seen on Twitter. So I saw, you know, people posting uh, two box limits or whatever. And we didn't get that till probably a couple months after that majority of the stores were doing it. Well, it's good and bad, I guess. I mean, at least yeah. there's still the possibility of you, get, of you catching some of that. You Absolutely. mentioned, you mentioned you're a teacher, uh, which is interesting. I mean, uh, you look at your, uh, your Twitter, Twitter page. And, uh, there's, you have a couple of different things listed there. I wanted to talk to you about teaching tonight. Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, incorporate cards into your teaching? Uh, not like, not really. Okay. Um, I, got, I, co I coach three sports here. I coach cross country basketball and track. And so there's a handful of athletes that I, you know, get close to and they come across my YouTube channel. And so, they ask me about sports cards, but I don't really incorporate it too much. So there's a couple of kids who will ask me, you know, Hey, have you got any cool cards lately? But it's not something that I do. You know, I know there's a couple of guys who have card clubs, but it's really not super popular amongst kids in my, in this area. Cards is just not really a big deal. That is kind of sad and disappointing. I know, right? <laughs> you would think that, you know, being bored in a pandemic, you might find a new hobby, but I guess, yeah. uh, up there in central Washington, that's not the place to do it. Yeah. You know, nope. I mean, but I, is it a product of, you know, Seattle's not close. So you're not, I guess you're getting those teams on, on, on television, but it's not really a, a, a big, a big yep. deal, you know? So it maybe is that a product of that or just, there's no sports teams to follow. I, I think it could be a, a mixture of both there. Like I see your supersonics uh, plaque in the back there, man. And I'm loving it because <laughs> uh, the Sonics were my team. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not like a lot of professional, um, teams to go watch other than the Mariners. Um, mm -hmm. and then also, I just, I don't think people in Washington, maybe even as a whole really get that people still collect sports cards. I don't know that it's a Northwest hobby of people. Um, mm -hmm. you know, just cause you know, the Northwest it's outdoors. Uh, there's a lot of things to do and, you know, people would rather go ski on a mountain than sit in open cards, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but there there again, when I worked for the Mariners, uh, we used to have, and I believe it still stands true, the Mariners were the most visited team from other from other states, even other countries. Yeah. Uh, but but that was when Ichiro was there. So you had uh, a Japanese contingency coming in. And not, you know, not only were they coming to see Ichiro, but, you know, Nintendo owned the Mariners at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that made sense to me. Um, but you know they had people come down, like whenever the Blue Jays were in town. Yep, 
the 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 amount of Canadians that were in the room that are in the building were was fantastic. It was just it was probably three to one. And then oh. you know uh, folks come up from Portland as well. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good funny. traveling team. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, I took my son to a Mariners game this summer. Uh, they played the Angels and uh, they lost. But uh, I was talking to a guy sitting next to me and he said that same thing. He said, you got to come see him play the Blue Jays because it's the closest team for the Canadians to come watch a lot of them. Um, and he said, it's packed. I mean, he said, you know, to get a ticket, there's the hardest game to get to. And you're, it's kind of surprising, but the Blue Jays and the Mariners, I guess, are the yeah. ticket to have. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was always packed. Uh, always. Yeah. And of course, when I was there, Michael Saunders was there and he was, uh, he was Canadian and played on the Canadian Olympic team. And, uh, yeah. so that was a draw too. All right. Enough of that. We're, we're <laughs> just, just, uh, Love blowing it, smoke about places. I, I'll, I just got back from Seattle, so I'm like, it's it's heavy on the brain right now. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Um, so how does uh, I, I the one thing I know about you, and I know it just from the way other people talk about you, is uh, you're a great father. And I'm not saying that to blow you up or anything like that, but like you really genuinely spend time with your kids. You take an interest in what they're doing. I got to ask, have you introduced them to the hobby yet, or is it something that they're they're not old enough for? Or how, how's that work? Oh yeah, my so. My six-year-old Bam Bam Cam, as he's known on the Twitter sphere, is a huge Adrian Peterson fan. Okay, um, and he has more Adrian Peterson cards than I'm. I think I have cards. Wow. Um, he uh, he really has enjoyed, and I I think part of it is because, like you said, when you you know have that relationship with your kid, they want to do what you do, um, and so he knows that I do cards, and uh, so he's he's really he loves getting cards. He loves the look of cards he loves. He's got a couple of Adrian Peterson autographs nice. um, that, that he's pretty proud of. Um, so yeah, my, my son uh, Camden is definitely involved in the hobby. He's actually getting really into Pokemon right now, which is like so over my head. So I'm having, to call, <laughs> I'm having to call in some of my, my uh, friends on Twitter that uh, uh, do Pokemon to kind of give me some advice on kind of what to do. Um, and then my other ones, they like my three-year-old and my one-year-old it's, it's still just, you know, plastic cases to them. So right. my one-year-old loves to get in my top loaders and throw them everywhere. Um, <laughs> and then my three-year-old, he kind of understands. He's got a couple cards that I've I've picked up for him. I try to get a card for every, an autograph every birthday. So like it's two and three. I try to get a number of the player on his birthday, but okay, he still doesn't fully get it. But uh, Camden, he's he's into it. He really likes it, and I, that's exciting for me. It, I I could tell that it is. I and I. You, I, that was going to lead me to my next question because I see you on Sundays in, in your Vikings gear. And I like, how did you come by that? How did, how did a kid from Washington come by uh, oh. being a Vikings fan or is it because your son? Oh, that, that is a great question. And I get that all the time. Uh, as <laughs> Northwest guy, how the heck do you fall in love with a team from Minnesota that only lets you down? And the answer is <laughs> my dad, man. Okay. Uh, my dad was born in Minnesota. Um, Grew up in the 70s when the Vikings were the team. They went to four Super Bowls, never won one. Um, Thanks, so when I was in fourth grade uh, and all my buddies were getting their team jackets, you know, the Bulls were big, the Tar Heels were big. Uh, my dad, for Christmas, got me a purple Vikings coat. Um, nice. And the rest is history. That that was right in the early 90s. So I started becoming a fan. And then in the mid-late 90s, they got really good. So it was really cool to be a Vikings fan. And uh, I've been cursed ever since, man. So I owe all my disappointment to my dad 
who I love dearly, and I'm thankful that he made me a Vikings fan. So you said uh, you said getting team coats or, or team jackets. Are you uh, referring to uh, starter jackets? Yeah, like starter, logo athletic. I think mine was actually logo athletic. But, yeah, the starter, you know, the pullover, mm-hmm. the zippies, uh, the big fluffy coats with your favorite team on them. How – uh, as a, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Like, can you give me just, you don't have to give, tell me exactly like a general well, I'm, 30, age. I'm 37, man. Okay, I don't 37. All right. So I'm 40. How great is it that starter jackets are making a comeback? I think it's so cool. <laughs> I think it's so cool. I love seeing them, man. I love it. I love it. It is so good. I like for, for guys our age and we understand, but I think for kids, uh, you know, probably anybody younger than 30 probably wouldn't get it or understand yep. it, but like the starter jacket was great. And just so you know, this is a true story. My first starter jacket was a Green Bay Packers starter jacket. Oh. So uh, we I was might, really hoping you were going to say Sonics. <laughs> we might have to end the episode. My first jersey was a Sonics jersey. Okay. okay. So uh, there you go. I mean, I'm from, I grew up in Texas. So, okay. Getting, first of all, finding a Packers starter jacket here was near impossible. Yeah. And then getting a Sonics jersey here was near impossible oh, so can't imagine and that was yeah. back in the day where there wasn't like yeah I mean, you had to find it in the stores to get it exactly exactly so man you, you you have a lot of hobby interaction i love that you're very positive you've had you know we're, we're part of a hobby dad group which uh i i love that chat and conversation i might not interact a lot but i i see it and i'm always thinking of very positive things about it because i'm like no this is a the hobby can be a downer man like especially on twitter sure. you know so Having a place where hobby dads can go and invent if need be, or just just talk things out is a great place. What what gave you that idea to come up with that? Uh, actually, it was because I was on a little downswing in my Twitter hobby, and I was just kind of I was really bummed seeing the most interacted tweets being negative tweets. Yeah, you know. And uh, I was having a conversation with Ivan. Uh, Watch the breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of my feelings, and he just kind of said, "Well." You know, what's going to make you, what's going to lift you up? And I said, man, if I could just have a circle of dudes who have like minds um, to just bounce ideas off, share life, talk life. And that way, my focus isn't on the timeline. My focus is on, you know, a group Mm -hmm. of guys. And uh, he said, well, hey, why don't you just make a group? And uh, I said, well, let me think about it. And the thing that just continued to get laid on my heart was just dads and you know, I, I know a lot of guys in the hobby have kids and I know there's a lot of support for moms out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of moms groups, but there's not a lot of dad circles. And I don't know if that's just because as guys, we don't tend to, you know, circle up and, and talk. Um, and so I just, I said, well, Hey, what if we just made a dad group with all the dads in the hobby that I could jot down? And, uh, I went for it and it's been so rewarding, man. I've been so encouraged with, um, people's willingness to share and open up. And, uh, you know, really just do life together. And then, like you said, ask questions, uh, vent if you have to. And it's that safe space where, you know, it's no judgment. We're not looking down on anyone. No one's getting, you know, outcasted because, you know, their kids put their head open, which happened to me. Um, you know, we just support each other and encourage each other. So, yeah, I appreciate you, want, uh, you know, being a part of it, man. It's it's definitely a, a big lifter in my life. So. It's uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's great to see sometimes uh, when, well, not sometimes all the time, because like you're on that side of the hobby and you see it from that perspective, which is a wonderful thing. 
and I get a little jaded sometimes and I'm just being completely honest because I work in the hobby and I see, I see what you see times, times a hundred, you know, you know, so I'm like, oh man, there are days where I just, I don't want to talk shop. I just want to talk about family and life and stuff like that. And that's, it's a great little place that you, uh, you, you've, uh, fostered that kind of atmosphere. And, 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 uh, I'm not surprised to hear that Ivan, uh, helped, helped spark that idea. Um, And I think it's I think it's more like uh, for me, like it was just an idea, but it's the people who are a part of it that really make it happen and people's willingness to be relational and connect and mm-hmm. open up and share. I mean, it's, it's been the coolest thing for me to see. And I, when it happened, I thought when it started, when I got the idea, I had no idea what direction it would go. If it would just be a silent room the whole time, but it's been really neat to have people, you know, be open and honest about being dads because I was just talking to T Murph about this today. Like it's not all hunky dory as a dad. Like, yeah, it's fun to post fun pictures with mm-hmm. your kids, but that's not the reality. The reality is, you know, when your three-year-old's having a tantrum at midnight because his tummy's hurting and you don't mm-hmm. know how to respond. So, you know, as a dad of a home, we homeschool. Yeah, likewise. And, um, like if there was a hobby specific group of dads that for homeschooling dads that could just, Go there and talk. That would be a great. That would be a great thing. All the stories you can hear. All right, man. I want to. We got. We're about the twenty minute mark, so uh, I want to start asking you a few questions specific about uh, a particular thing uh, in your in your Twitter profile. You are a rapper. uh, (laughs) Fair enough. You made a hobby rap song, a hip hop song. Yeah. Uh, We were talking hip hop before we came on here. Uh, I'm wearing a humble beast hat. it's uh one you keep it clean i like that good good job two uh you you seem really enthused about this uh i love i love seeing a video of a excuse me a 37 year old dude uh (laughs) spitting into a microphone set up in his bedroom that's that's wonderful Uh, yep but like obviously obviously we both love hip-hop and that's not not anything to uh to, to shake a stick at but like, what made you to go decide to go ahead and say, "Hey, I want to do this hip hop uh, for the hobby song," and and you did it. Well, uh, it's, it's probably a longer story than we want. Uh, you know, when I was in college, uh, I, I, I well, probably much like you, growing up in the '90s, man, I was a hip hop head. I loved Pac. I loved Big. Um, I loved uh, you know the the Puff Daddy stuff, um, mm-hmm. and so I've always loved rap music. And uh, when I got into college, I started kind of playing around with the idea of starting to record some stuff. And then I got the opportunity to do it. Uh, my roommate was really good with uh, the program that they used in the, in the studio they had on Eastern Washington University's campus. And so I started doing music. And at that point, I started getting really serious about my faith. And I realized that the way I could communicate my faith and is through music. And mm-hmm. so I started doing uh, more positive Christian rap. Um, and that kind of took off, man. I started, you know, getting opportunities to do shows, I actually put out two albums, believe it wow. or not. Um, and started kind of using the Northwest kind of pipeline there, 395 to go up, uh, town to town, doing shows at churches and schools uh, and community centers. And, uh, and through that time uh, I got married. Mm-hmm. And when I got married, uh, my wife on one of our tax returns said, Hey, why don't you put together a little studio that way, you don't have to keep going to campus, even though you're not a student anymore. Uh, so I put together a little studio. So I've had it 
for probably 10 plus years now. And uh, I, I, ha I haven't really done too much music, but it's still, it's still a part of me. Like I still love music. And uh, I started doing a couple jingles for like Buck City Breaks mm -hmm. um, and they, they loved them. And so I thought, man, this is cool. Uh, so then I did another one and then I actually made like a, a fuller length one. Um, and then I, I don't know, man, I just thought it'd be really fun to do a hobby rap. And the thing I wanted to make sure was I wanted to incorporate the whole hobby. I didn't want it just to be K-Dub rapping about cards. I wanted to find a way to bring everyone into uh, this rap video. And so I just put it out there and man, I think I had over a hundred plus people, breakers or people from the hobby nice. shoot videos or shoot their logo. And I don't know, I just like the community, the relational thing. And uh, who doesn't love a 37 year old rapping about cards? So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just a regular Lecrae up there in the in the oh. you know, West. <laughs> and we were talking about Andy Minio's new album before we came on, man. That, that, if you haven't heard it yet, please. I've heard a few tracks, man, but uh, I just heard Trip Lee's put out a new song that I'm in love with. So um, nice, very yeah. nice. You'll uh, being a fan of 90s hip hop, you'll love the video for Ben about it. If you haven't okay. watched, if you haven't seen it yet, like. Just go watch it and then like send me a message and tell me what you think because it's uh, it is yeah, a fantastic man. video. I love Andy Minio. I mean, I, I love his stuff. I love his early stuff. Um, I haven't listened to a ton of his newer stuff, but his early stuff was uh, was awesome. So yeah, go check that out, man. I will. Good about, I about it. It's really good. All right, man. We're coming up against it here. Uh, it's time to start the final five. I have selected ran five random questions. Uh, before we get into these, though, uh, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter. That's my main uh, source of social media, at Mr. K-Dub. I also do some stuff on YouTube. Uh, Dizzy Dub One is my YouTube channel. Uh, I got a little YouTube series called K-Dub's High Five, where I just bring in, you know, random friends from the hobby, and we just, uh, I ask them five hobby-related questions. I try to make it as quick as possible so people can watch it on their lunch break, but also uh, gives you a chance to kind of look and get to know someone that you see on Twitter all the time, but maybe yeah. you never talk to. So yeah. You ever run it? I run into this all the time. Like I'm like, Hey, I'm going to ask you five questions. And then, you know, an hour later I've asked 15 questions because the conversation is so deep. You ever get into that? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I've actually had to like send it. I send, I send the questions early because my first two, I noticed that. And uh, I, I make sure to say, Hey, we try to keep this at 10 minutes and yeah. rarely it goes 10 minutes. It usually goes 15 or 20. So gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. All right, everybody in the, uh, in the comments section, it's time for the final five. Uh, K-Dub has picked the what the heck deck. I have shuffled and picked five random cards. Guys in the comment section, please play along. We're going to have some fun here. All right. K-Dub, is cereal a soup? Uh, I would say no. Uh, it is not a soup. Are you sure? I think soup has to be hot, but that's just my own personal opinion. So but what, about, what about gazpacho? I know people are going to argue, but I think <laughs> soup's got to be hot. Um, and if you got to pour the liquid in after then I don't think it can be considered a soup. Okay. Cereal is not a soup. According to K-Dub, he is wrong. Kristen, <laughs> Kristen agrees with you. Okay. Uh, this is a good question. Keep it clean. I know you will. Have you ever had anything waxed? Uh, I've never had anything waxed, but when I was in college, I nared my chest once, uh, and it was a bad move. So don't recommend nair on any part of a man's body. So, but no, I've never waxed. <laughs> so I've had my eyebrows waxed. Uh, okay. I've also had my eyebrows threaded. 
it, it's well, it's it's a weird sensation, but it feels really good. It's it's okay. It's cool. Uh, but you said you neared your chest. I've never uh, waxed my chest, but uh, at once upon a time, I was on Advocare and I lost some weight and I thought I was looking good, looking sexy, and I was gonna shave shave my my wife's initials in my oh. in my chest chest hair, and which led to the famous uh, utterance from the bathroom that will never be said again. Megan, come help me shave my nipple. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was a true story that really happened. Uh, <laughs> speaking of bathrooms, what is the proper way to put the toilet paper on the uh, on the dispenser, over or under? Uh, I'm going to go under. Under? Yeah. So you pull, not over then. Yeah, pulling rat, man, pulling rat. Pulling rat, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think either way is fine with me. Yeah, as, I, I never really thought as, about it. But. As long as we're not just putting the toilet paper like just directly on the, like pick this up and do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be on the roll. It's got to be, on, be the on the roll. Uh, Christian says, Kristen says over. Uh, John wants to know what happened. John, we're having fun here. This is what happened. <laughs> uh, when, this is a good question. When you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? Oh, gosh, yes, man. When I was a kid, uh, I made it my goal to cover my walls in Michael Jordan posters. So believe it or not, I had at four walls, Michael mm -hmm. Jordan posters, and the ceilings covered in Michael Jordan posters. And six of those posters from my childhood are in my classroom right now. Nice. Very yep. nice. So yeah. I, had a, I had a lot of the 96 Bulls posters. Okay. I had every Dennis Rodman poster that you could think of. All right. Um, I had probably three or four Sean Kemp or Gary Payton posters. Yep. And then, you know, as I got older and discovered Spencer's gifts, some of those other posters uh, landed, <laughs> landed uh, there. Kristen says, Christian said, Kristen said she had new kids on the blocks and inspirational posters. Oh, let's go. Yes. New kids original on the block. Band. New original boy band. A uh, little known fact about Mr. E. Dizzle. First concert ever. New kids on the block <laughs> at the Astrodome, ladies and gentlemen. That, that oh, happened. Snap. Let's that go. happened. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I followed it up by Ringo Starr and the All Stars. I don't know how much better that was, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you can go anywhere but up from New Kids on the Block. <laughs> no, I actually saw one time that Nelly and the Backstreet Boys were on tour, and I was like, I want to see that, but didn't happen. It's getting hot in here. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, final question of the final five. And we're gonna say goodnight. Uh there's basketball and football on, and I think the Browns are gonna lose. So, you know, we gotta go see that. Oh, uh, Case, hey, Case Keenum, I'm telling you, he's gonna slang that thing tonight. Uh see K dub going to make you proud solo teaching debut tomorrow. Oh, hey, John. Oh, nice. Yeah, John is uh oh, yeah, heck yeah. I saw his picture today yeah. uh, in his classroom, so that's fantastic. He's uh he's made the career change. Uh, not, I don't know if by choice, but definitely uh, the better the better of the two. Congratulations, John. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Please give me uh, the the number to your school so I can prank call you while you're in class. That would be that would be great. Maybe I'll just call a cell phone and prank call. There you him. go. <laughs> Put your guys' cell phone up. <laughs> All right. Last question. Now I want you to think about this because you're you're 37. You're a guy about my age. And uh, I, there are some like legitimate answers to this question, so I need you to be honest with me, okay? All right. If you could marry any fictional character, who would it be? 
Well, I don't have to think about it very long. Okay. <laughs> but, dude, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. <laughs> really? Dude, <laughs> come on, man. Katniss Everdeen is like the ultimate female. Number one, she volunteered in place of her sister. So I volunteer. Know, I volunteer. Volunteer tribute. Um, and then she's able to survive in the wilderness on her own. Uh, she carried PETA through the whole thing. Um, and I'm like the least outdoor house home improvement person. Uh, she would just, she would just run shop for me, man. And I could just sit in the backyard and shoot her bow and arrow. That's all you need. huh? Really? I mean, that's it, man. I, I, I got to tell you, you went a lot more modern than I thought you were going to do. Oh, okay. Okay. But which is fine. I mean, Hey, I've never even seen those movies. I know what you're talking about. But I know what you're talking, but I've never seen them. Read the books. Uh, read the books. As a teacher coming, read the books and then watch the movies. The movies will disappoint you. Okay. But I thought you would be like Ariel or, you know, Jasmine or. Oh, you want me to go like, oh, no, I mean, man. No, but you could, what you said was fine. I said any fictional yeah. character. Yeah, I got it. I, I, well, see, I'm in, I'm in my teacher mode. So I hear fiction and I think mm -hmm. literature, I think books. So I had to yeah. go into the books. I'm taking uh, whatever that lady's name was from the scarlet letter that's who i'm taking <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember i haven't read the scarlet letter since high school but it's, maybe been, it's, been, it's been a long time since <laughs> i haven't even thought about it actually all right k-dub that's gonna be it guys go check him out on twitter at mr k-dub make sure you check out the k-dub high five as well and uh i look forward to having you back so you're welcome back anytime all right i appreciate it bro thank you so much everybody else that's gonna be it for this week uh make sure you tune in next week we have a, a whole lot of fun. I had the personal finance dad lined up. I know that you uh, will uh, enjoy that. I also had a photographer lined up who works for the NFL, but turns out the NFL calls and uh, I get put on the back burner, which is fine because, you know, that's his job. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll fill out the slate next week and have a, had a good time. Everybody else. Good night. God bless. K-Dub hang out from the backstage. For sure.